Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Messenger on C103. And a very good Thursday morning to you on what is starting out as a very bright uh, day. It, uh, there's some lovely sort of autumn sunshine there at the moment. It, it really is nice and uh, we can expect some nice sunny spells as I mentioned there just the odd chance of the scattered shower so it's a, a nice day if you get the opportunity at some stage to get out and have a walk I suggest that that is exactly what you do John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls this morning if there's anything you want to talk to us about we would love to hear from you you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 a number of issues we're going to be addressing on the programme today including the fact that now we are in level 3 it means that the masses the won't be masses, the vigil mass on Saturday, the masses on Sunday, none of the weekday masses. Uh, They're all going on now behind closed doors. You've got to go online if you want to attend mass this weekend. Churches are open, but they're open for private prayer and I'm assuming they're open for very limited numbers each day and it varies from church to church and what help they have in cleaning the church and making sure that it's sanitised and all of that. So we're going to be discussing it with a call saying that it is perhaps a step too far when we're looking at the various restrictions and while supermarkets are open, uh, restaurants are open for takeaway, pubs are even open if they can serve 15 people outside. Some people are saying is it a step too far? Should they have allowed the churches to remain open? So I do welcome your thoughts if you are in that group of people. Are you upset that you won't be able to go to Mass at this Sunday? Because for many, many, it ran into months didn't it, that the churches were closed and there was a cohort of people who really, really missed Mass and we're delighted to have it back and churches certainly and parishes and dioceses really brought their A game and you know, there was very strict rules and regulations when you went into church to go to mass you were shown to your seat you could only you couldn't sit beside anyone social distancing quite easy to do in a lot of our large churches so there are some people when they re- realised by moving into level 3 we wouldn't be able to go to Mass on Sunday there are some people who are very very upset about it as I say we're going to be discussing it today on the programme and in Blarney is delighted that we're to hear we're talking about spiritual matters today Anne says it's an utter disgrace that everything possible is been done for our physical and our mental well-being and our spiritual part has been totally forsaken the Mass is the highest form of prayer, says Anne, where we have that intimate union with Christ himself. Schools and supermarkets are all okay, they're open, 
but the church is a no-no. Our ancestors went to mass rocks long ago to have their mass. No wonder there are pandemics and catastrophes worldwide, says Anne, when the Lord is put in a box and where now man is the supreme being. So that's Anne in Blarney, very annoyed that she is not able to go to a church uh, next Sunday. And the other issue that we are hoping to get clarity for on the programme is to do with leaving our county. It's one of the things in the rules and the guidelines for Level 4. We are to stay within our own county. You can leave your county only if the journey is absolutely necessary. You can leave for work purposes. You can leave for education purposes. You can leave for health purposes or anything that you feel is absolutely necessary. And we had calls in yesterday. There was some calls in from the Ballyvorney area. There was calls in from the Kilbehany area. Uh, people who live on the border and, you know, but might do their shopping. They might live in Limerick, but they do their shopping in Cork. They might live in Cork, but they do their shopping in Kerry. And there's, you know, We've, we're a large county so we have quite a big border so it does affect a number of people. So we're going to find out exactly what is the ruling under Level 3. And yesterday it came up on the programme when I was speaking with Brian Farrell of the RSA and people saying well I've got a theory test and I've got to go to another county to do it and Brian was saying no I'd hold off on that wait until after the three weeks and reschedule it well I've just had a, a text in from a listener to say Patricia on the, on the theory test I've got one booked it's for the 24th of October which will be will still be in level 3 will be days away from coming out hopefully of level 3 anyways is this texter it's in Killarney even though I live in North Cork. Now, I rang the theory test centre yesterday and they told me I could take the test, no problem, on the 24th of October and it would be okay to travel from North Cork to Killarney. But Brian Farrell, on your programme yesterday from the RSA, said something completely different and he told me to rearrange it. I'm confused as to to what uh, to do. Well, taking a theory test, I would deem that an essential journey. I mean, if you were to be stopped on that day by the Gardaí leaving North Cork, and they stop you. Where are you after? Morning Garda. Where are you going today? I'm going to Killarney. Why are you going to Killarney? You're leaving Cork. You're crossing the county bounds. Why are you doing that? And if you were to say, you'd have your little piece of paper or you'd have a text message on your phone saying, I'm heading to Killarney Garda because I've got to do my te- theory test. I think any right-minded Garda would see that as an essential journey. And I don't think you would have any problem at all. So it it's what we've got to get into our head is what is the essential journey. It's the same with the people who were contacting us yesterday to say they live on the board the border they live in Cork but they, they shop in Kerry or they shop in Tipperary or they, they shop in Limerick. I mean shopping is an essential service. But it would you'd have a hard argument with the guard that if you were travelling, say, 30 kilometres and you were passing a number of other shops to get to the shop that you want to go to when there is a shop closer to you than home. But if there isn't any shop closer and you can say, well, I'm going to do my weekly shop, I do it there every week, this is where I do my shopping, I don't have another large supermarket closer to me than this one that's across the border. That's why I'm doing it. As I say, I think every reasonable-minded Garda uh, will be with you on that. And I know I was reading Drew Harris because Drew Harris was asked about does he need extra powers? Because what's happening at the moment is 132 checkpoints have been set up on the country's main roads and it's all about educating 
and encouraging uh, people. They're using the three R's rather than the four R's. There isn't an uh, there isn't an enforcement part of it. But the Gardaí, Drew Harris, was asked, did he need additional powers? And he said that he didn't. He said that the Gardaí, they're encouraging people not to travel out, out of the county unless it's absolutely uh, necessary. And he said that the last time during the very strict lockdown he said when they spoke to people most people were fine and just you know were encouraged to abide by and to adhere to the health guidelines and he doesn't foresee an issue even though people in Dublin were very very annoyed there was huge amount of traffic jams there was a COVID-19 checkpoint on the N70 at Black Church um, outside of Dublin and the tailback went for about I think five or five kilometres at one stage it was literally like a car park it was so bad we didn't hear of many traffic delays around here I know around this time yesterday people were talking about the county bounds with Kerry that there was a checkpoint there and there was some delays but they seemed to be quite short delays compared say to what people were talking about in Dublin. People were delayed going to work. There was deliveries delayed. People were trying to make ferry ports. I mean, it really did cause a bit of a nightmare yesterday. And the Gardaí say they have this 100, 132 checkpoints on the country's main roads. They will continue to operate the checkpoints on the roads every day during the restrictions. And the restrictions, by the way, they are due to run until the 27th of October. And they're there to deter people from going across the county bounds. But as I say, there isn't an enforcement. They are adopting the three E's rather than the four. So they're engaging with people, they're explaining to people and they're encouraging it. But they can't enforce, they can't arrest you if you decide that you don't want to turn around. But they do say, the commissioner did say that the most people, as I say, are cooperative. But if you're not cooperative, Drew Harris pointed out, you are then going to attract the attention of the Gardaí to other areas. They'll start checking up on you. They'll start looking at your vehicle. They'll start making sure that everything is in order and they might just catch you for something else. So do be careful. But I I suppose a lot of it as well is going to be individual individual choices that we make personal choices that we make we're all asked to abide by it they've put them in place to protect all of us is what they're saying that it it has been done so they're asking people to please stay within your own county 1850 333 103 your thoughts welcomed Uh, Mag says it's on the secondary roads where those checkpoints should be well I think because this one is to stop people leaving the county I think they're aiming at for sort of along the roads that lead you out of Cork into Kerry to Limerick to Waterford to Tipperary and I think it's the same with Dublin it's the roads leading in and out of Dublin is where they appear to have pushed the checkpoints also had an email in from Maria who wants to raise the issue of visors and people wearing visors now Maria is saying that most of the supermarkets not just supermarkets they're on sale in chemists hardware stores there's very few shops you go into now that isn't selling either face masks or selling visors but anyway uh, Maria said she's seen a number of these visors on sale she said they have been scientifically proven as 
useless as a guide against coronavirus. I've noticed a lot of shoppers are wearing these. They should be outlawed in shops and in businesses. And what, how do other listeners feel about uh, visors? Now, we are, I was talking with John Paul in the office. We are looking at get, getting somebody on to talk to us about visors. And Maria is right. The scientific evidence is there that they are certainly not as effective in protecting other people as, say, if you were to meet somebody and the other person was wearing a face mask. A face mask will keep any droplets coming out of your mouth and they'll keep it within your face mask. Whereas if you're wearing a visor, it's scientifically been proven that the droplets can fall out below it or out from the side. So they're not going to give the same amount of protection as, say, a face mask uh, would do. Other countries have started to ban the visors. I know in Australia they've banned the visors completely when they're saying to people you need to wear a face covering. has to be a face mask. They're not allowing visors anymore. In this country, if, you know, if if for whatever reason you can't wear a face mask, then certainly we've been told to wear a visor. My view on it, Maria, you're right. The scientific evidence certainly is there that they don't give as much protection. But I think they're better than nothing. And certainly when you hear from some people who say they've tried every single face covering and they can't find any that works for them. They find breathing very difficult. It might be somebody who's got chronic asthma, somebody suffering from COPD, uh, somebody who gets panic attacks when their mouth is covered. And I think rather than walk around without a face covering on, I prefer to see somebody with a visor. But you are right, the scientific evidence has proven that they're not as, as effective, effective as, as face masks. But I was, I was chatting with John Paul in the office and we're going to see if we can get an expert on just to talk to us a little bit more about face visors and how what they do and don't do. I think they work very effectively if you have a face covering, the face mask on, and then you have a visor on over. That's, of course, what they were originally designed for. 1850-333-103. And then I've had a postcard in from a gentleman. Now, I'm slow to call out this gentleman's name because in case he doesn't want to be identified. So for the purpose of reading out the postcard, I'll just call this gentleman Noel. Noel writes to say, I am a cancer patient. My home help will be back with me this week. She's been out sick for the last number of weeks. Can you find out for me, please? Our home helps who come into people's homes, have they had a COVID test? I really would like to know. Now, we got onto the HSC and this week got, this was earlier in the summer when we were asking about home helps and we had had, Noel, we had had similar calls and letters in from people who were nervous about their home helps. During lockdown, particularly when people were cocooning, a number of older people relied on family members and they asked their home helps not to come to the house because they were cocooning and they weren't letting anybody into the house except a key family member who might have been living with them and they didn't want anybody else in in order to protect the vulnerable person that was in the house. But then slowly but surely, home helps started to go back into houses again and some people were nervous about it. So we did get onto the HSE and they told us that at that point when we last contacted them, now we're, we've gone back to them on Noel's behalf to try to get an update on this but we were told at that stage that there was no serial testing of home help support either the HSE direct staff or those employed by the agencies uh, but they also pointed out to us that there had been a very low rate of transmission reported in the sector now as I said that was a couple of months ago so John Paul is getting back onto the HSE just to get an update on it and just to see has there been a change in that But in the meantime, I call it out in the hope that maybe some home helps are listening to us at the moment. If anybody can tell us as a home help, 
have you had a COVID test? Have you, and I'm talking about serial COVID testing, I'm not talking about somebody who came in contact and were contact traced or somebody who came down with symptoms. I'm just saying across the board, our home helps, have they been offered COVID-19 testing just to, so that their clients know 100% that that person doesn't have COVID-19. But all I will say to you, Noel, is all of those home support staff that go into houses, they're just a terrific bunch of people and they do everything to protect their clients and to protect themselves as well. So I think you can be sure if your home support worker is coming back to you this week and, you know, you, you're a cancer patient, you've, you obviously need that support and you need that bit of help. You know, I think you can rest assured that everything will be OK. But in the meantime, we'll see if we can get clarification from the HSE on that. But if anybody, if there is a home health home support workers they're called now listening who can give us clarity we welcome that as well 1850 John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Pat was out and about yesterday morning he said he couldn't believe there was a you know a blackboard a chalkboard outside a pub in his town and there was an offer on it was for the final night when the pubs were allowed to open which was Tuesday night wasn't it there was some midnight on Tuesday the bars closed and the sign outside the pub, the pub saying any two pints for the price of uh, three. He saw, thought that was utter madness when you put COVID into the same sentence as an offer for a drink. And I'm assuming that the reason the bar did it was they were trying to get rid of the drink that was in the kegs because it would all be going down the sink otherwise. So they put an offer on for their customers. But Pat didn't think that that was a very wise thing to do when everybody has been saying that we know what happened when people get a few drinks in them they might start out great about social distancing and remembering everything that they're meant to do but when the drink and too much drink they forget all about social distancing and cough etiquette and they're all on top of each other in masks and nowhere to be seen uh, didn't think, he didn't think that was a very smart move on behalf of that bar but I can see it from the bar's point of view I'm assuming they were just trying to get rid of the stock that they had in Michael says Patricia on numerous occasions I've called for the closure of the off licence trade and to leave the wet bars remain open at least bars have regulations off licences have not stand and observe the flow of liquor leaving any of those establishments all it goes on is to create uh, parties and we know what happens with severe uh, consequences now a number of people on the checkpoints Patricia I think the Gardaí should have a bit of cop on when it comes to checkpoints particularly in Ballyvorney during drop off and collection time for schools why can't they just stop for that half an hour to let the parents drop the children or collect the children in the afternoon it certainly would avoid a lot of the queues so I'm assuming from that there was a number of queues in Ballyvorney yesterday and I take it again this morning someone else says there's a checkpoint on the Abbey Field Castle Island Road this morning and yesterday it was there all day. Let us all just do the best we can, folks, and please just keep safe. Hi, hi. my kid's dad lives in a neighbouring county. My kids usually go to him at the weekend. Can they still go or not with the restrictions? Would that be considered essential? Mm, mm, I would think, yeah. I mean, if your children, if that's the time that your children get to spend with their dad, then obviously it's essential for the children to be with their dad. And if he has them at the weekend and you have them during the week, I certainly would think that that is an an essential journey uh, to make. 1850 333 103. 
on the wearing of visors versus face masks. Sorry now, says a texter, but I have an underlying illness and I need to wear a visor as I can't wear one of the face masks. So will I be punished for having an illness? I think people will be discriminated. I think people are being discriminated against for not wearing masks. I was discriminated against in a shop I felt last week. I had my visor on, but the shopkeeper was demanding that I wear a face mask. I was very upset that day and you know what? I'll never go back into that shop again and a number of people are pointing out that the science is there the visors are certainly not as safe as a face mask and thank you to a home support worker home health worker says I'm a home health worker I have been for the last 20 years good on you you're doing great work we've never been offered any COVID-19 testing okay all right because I was just saying it was back it was in the summer when we last got onto the HSC so that's it confirmed from a home support worker they haven't been offered COVID-19 tests unless obviously they come in contact or have symptoms. 1850 Sadie and John Paul taking your calls. We, you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862 Now yesterday it was reported that off-licence opening hours could be significantly reduced under government plans aimed at clamping down on house parties and large social gatherings. To get the view of an off-licence owner, I'm joined by Fomoy councillor Noel McCarthy who runs the carry out off licence on Emmett Street in Formoy Town. Good morning to you, Noel. Good morning, Patricia. And, and you, you're welcome. Would you be for, you. for or against the reduced opening hours? I can understand where the government are coming from, Patricia. Again, we in carry out would have no problem in working with the government if we had to reduce our hours. We also want to play our part. But the only concern we have, Patricia, would be that when, when reducing our hours, wherever they would be, Obviously, people will still want to buy their drink and in the reduced hours, we have bigger queues and more work for us as owners and staff to make sure that there'd be social distancing would be adhered to and so on. So that would cause that problem. But understanding where the government are coming from, of course we want to do our bit. And if there is a problem. But Patricia, one other thing I just want to say on this, curving drinking and people blame students, they blame young people for having these binge parties and so on. But not all students are should be painted in that bracket or young people because most of the people that visit my store would do it and drink in a sensible manner. Obviously, you have a percentage that don't and don't adhere to the social distancing now and to the COVID restrictions. But obviously, we need to teach them and educate them that this cannot continue. And we also, Patricia, must look, I think the government must look at the um, minimum pricing unit in alcohol. Because if you have a situation where young people or anybody can buy slabs of beer for a juice price under price selling, well, then that's going to cause that problem as well. And so we need to address all this in the one. Uh, no, but minimum, u- minimum, minimum unit pricing, Noel, has been available to the government, uh, I think, since 2018. And they're always, for whatever reason, they're slow to bring it in. It's terrible, Patricia. And the previous government, I've said it, why they haven't done it. They've sat on it now far too long. This government has, do- has done the same. They must do it now and, re- and not give the opportunity. Patricia, it can't be right. And this, does, this is not even COVID-related. As you said, it's on 2018. Last Christmas, the Christmas before, we saw the same problems with this by buying reduced things at a reduced price. 
and 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 in us as carry out and also independent authorised owners, we could naturally buy the price of that drink off our suppliers. That'll tell you how much they're selling it under pricing. And that's caused huge concerns every year and no one COVID again we're having similar problems if they do it now multinationals going forward. So the government must act now on that and introduce a legislation where everyone sells it at a price that is fair and not understood. If they go down this route and there's a lot of talk again in the paper about this proposal to try to limit uh, drink sales Uh, so if they do go down the route it won't just be off licences I mean it'll be the supermarkets as well if they reduce the hours won't it? And and I'm glad you made that point Patricia it's not just us as independent off licence groups there's supermarkets multinationals and garages which people forget about as well they must all fall into this category and walk off the same regulation that we have to. But again, we and I just want to compliment, I, I feel so sorry for the publicans and for the uh, restaurants and hotels and in the hospitality sector because over the last two weeks, I have to say that any public that I visit or restaurant, they went to over, they really have very professional in how they introduce the COVID restrictions. And they must be devastated when they had to close again, both for themselves from a financial point of view and for their staff being laid off again. I can understand their concerns, but we must all work together on it. The off-site groups have to reduce theirs, and it will help us to curve this COVID-19. I've no doubt we all, we all want to work together, but I do sympathise with the hospital space at this stage. What and about I, putting limits on what people could buy? Could that work? Good. I, I, again, it's something that they must look at as well, and I think we as uh, off-license owners and, again, multinationals one would have to be take that responsibility and do that. But again, if we had to do that, I'm sure, like the public and so they work with it in the restrictions, we do that as well. And, Patricia, when I had to start, I, I, I again want to say not all young people, there's parents out there, and I hear students being mentioned that, that they're all being blamed for these house parties. Not all of them are doing it. The majority of them act responsible and I think that has to be said here today Yeah but it's, a, it's yeah. always the minority Noel that ruin yes. it that's in all sectors of uh, society we unfortunately see that Did you do, did your trade ease off when the pubs opened for the two weeks? It did It did okay. go down we, 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 It did go down and I went, but again we went back to, I, my personal view is I'd love to see things go back to normal anyway like it's very you know people are really were suffered over the lockdown and then when they got to fear again that we could go straight into level five they were worrying again so yes trade went down we went back to normal nearly as it was maybe a bit up but nothing nothing like it was in the total lockdown and but during during the back. when the pubs were closed did you would you have seen people buying large amounts of alcohol knowing that it must be destined for some kind of a social event or a house party on occasions, Patricia, yes, but in the majority of times, we in independent off-license, people only come in to consume their bottle of wine, their, 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 their bottle of spirits for the weekend, their um, a box of beer, but they do it in a responsible manner. We always found that in, the off, in our independent off-license trade anyway, the majority of people come in just for their nightly drink or the weekend drink, and they'd, they wouldn't be buying over the top. But yes, on occasions, we did see and we were worried, but again, you can only say so much you, you haven't got the powers to say you can't do that. You know, so... But it, it didn't happen at, at many occasions with us. No. And this call, and it's been made 
numerous times to close all off licenses completely and people believing that's one way to stop house parties. That's not going to work, is it, no? I don't think so, Patricia. Again, it's only my my personal view. I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. But I feel that there's people out there love their glass of wine after their, whether they're working from home or whether they're working all week. They love their glass of wine, their bottle of beer. And if we deprive them of that, we could be causing other problems. Because, you know, people love it. If we knock them down completely, I think it would be totally unf- unacceptable. Unfair. Well, well, I can see publicans maybe listening to me now saying, oh, but we closed. I don't want them to close either. I said it the last time I was on your programme that they should have been given the opportunity open like everyone else. And even at level three, I think the way they were acting and the way they were working, and same with restaurants and hotels, they were doing it in a very professional manner. So I think they should not be that being closed on level three either. You know, so it's hard. I hate to see any business close. I think of travel agents at the moment, Patricia. I think of the music industry that are suffering long since this thing started. And these are all would love to get back to work. So mm. And in fairness, I, I mean, I spoke with you back in the summer when you were worried about the how the pub closure was affecting people's mental health. I mean, would you still have those concerns? I would, of course. And I, I think it'd be even worse if we closed off license completely and did that. I think there'd be a different, the problems we have faced and then from the health in a different view would be that. I think this is the, like, not saying that anyone drinks too much or anything like that, but People relax with a glass of wine, a bottle of beer, if they're so slow. And now when you can't be, go to a hotel for a meal or you can't go to um, travel outside your country, you, you really look forward to something. And I think a glass of wine, we shouldn't deprive anyone of that at this stage. Okay. okay, and have you any idea on what the proposal is to curb your opening hours? No, no. We have got no, okay. we've got no doubt. But the only thing, as I said at the start of, uh, of the interview, was that the only problem we have with it would be, and this is not giving out about it, is trying to make sure that we adhere to the social um, aspects of queues outside. Mm. If, 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 if they're reducing too much, I don't know what's And staff trying to handle that with owners. And I can think everyone would have the same problem. And you go back to supermarkets, obviously they'd have them problems as well. It would definitely have to be a huge concern on how we'd handle it. Yeah, and I know Tara Buckley of uh, RG Data, who represent um, more the the independent uh, shops, she's making the same point, saying that if the government made an announcement about curbing off licences hours, it's going to create a run on people arriving to buy alcohol. God knows we even saw it this week with the toy shops. There was queues outside toy shops. And that's my biggest fear, Patricia, how we'd handle it, how we'd go about it. I'm not saying we don't want to do it and we'd, we'd work within the restrictions, but it would be hard for us to manage it. Now, all our shops are safe environments at the moment. We do our best. And we again, but this would be a more of a headache and more problems for us. For all shops. OK. OK. All right. Listen, uh, Noel, thank you for that. And thanks for joining thank us on the programme. Good morning to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is Councillor Noel McCarthy. But he joins us this morning, not wearing his council hat, uh, as, as an owner of a carry, the carry out off licence on Emmett Street in Formoy. As I say, there are proposals within within the government to look at this whole issue around off licence. I mean, there's no talks of completely shutting down off licences, but what they are looking at is to reduce the hours or perhaps even to reduce the amount of alcohol a person can actually buy at any one time. We will uh, watch this space. 1850 And thank you, Anne. I spotted your text that came in overnight. Anne had contacted us 
earlier on in the week nervous about doing her driving test and she's worried with COVID-19 and all of that and when I had Brian Farrell on from the RSA I had put her text to uh, Brian and has been back on to say Patricia a big thank you for asking Brian Farrell of the Road Safety Authority about the driving tests I don't feel as nervous now he explained it so well and he asked the right questions we're glad that we could help out Anne and good luck with the driving test and let us know how you get on 1850 You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And John says, if people can buy alcohol, they're going to have house parties. Can we not just stop selling it for a few weeks? Even do, we're doing three weeks with level three at the moment. Could we not just say for three weeks, put a ban on the sale of all the alcohol and just see how we get on? That's a suggestion in from John. Thanks for that, John. Now, members of the West Cork Municipal District Council want to build a rainbow-coloured pedestrian crossing in Clonakilty. It's in support of the LGBT plus community. The suggestion was put forward by independent councillor Paul Hayes, uh, who joins me. Good morning to you, Paul. Morning, Patricia. Now, Paul, I know this came up at a recent council uh, meeting and I know you discussed a variety of other issues. This was just one issue that was discussed. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I suppose we, we, we spent hours going through a new county development plan and, you know, the usual stuff like, you know, housing and, you know, roads and water infrastructure and the usual stuff and, and the council's, you know, response to COVID and all of that. So look that we spent a number of hours discussing all of that. So I suppose I'm preempting maybe some of the messages you might be getting after saying, you know, had we nothing better to be talking about, but certainly look, I mean, yeah, we we had spent a couple of hours okay. talking all about that stuff before I had an opportunity to, to bring this up. Now I think yeah. I I have to say I think this is just such a wonderful idea. When I saw it it actually made me smile because it's such a simple but wonderful idea. Have you seen Rainbow Crossings anywhere else? I, I, I haven't seen them myself, but the idea came uh, to me from liaising with uh, Broad, that's Irish for Pride. Um, it's a West Cork LGBT plus um, rights campaigning group. They do some fantastic work across West Cork at the moment, you know, providing support for, for young people and all of that. And again, there's loads of info on their own Facebook page. But again, they brought the idea to my attention. I said, look, I'll, I'll try and get a bit of support from it from the council side of things. And, and thankfully, I got unanimous support from my colleagues at the, at the meeting on Monday in Dunmanway. Um, so, yeah, we are trying to progress it. But I have seen, it, uh, as I said, pictures of it. Uh, it, it. It's already in places like, you know, London and San Francisco and Sydney and, you know, Toronto and Canada. There's, there's numerous places internationally, but there's none in Ireland as yet. And I think it would be a fantastic fit for West Cork if we could manage to be the first in Ireland uh, to do this. And would the added advantage be, because of the colourful nature of the crossing, could that actually help to slow traffic down? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, I was at pains to point out, you know, not wanting to compromise, you know, pedestrian safety. You know, we, we can't be introducing something where, you know, that somebody, you know, might might be compromised on going across a street or a road or whatever. And, and in fairness, the engineers were, you know, struggling as well with the restrictions that they have on, you know, having to stick to strict guidelines that are there for these crossings at the moment. But yeah, certainly anecdotally from liaising with other groups internationally uh, the, the, the vibe is certainly that you know it increases visibility um, they're obviously clearly bright colours so sometimes you, you, you know yourself when you're passing around various towns and villages that the, the, the white paint can get quite faded and I've seen it myself I stood at pedestrian crossings and cars has just zoomed through without stopping whereas I think certainly if you have the colours of the rainbow you know across the road in front of you I think It'll it's more stand than out. therefore I think it, it, it would 
it would clearly improve uh, the safety. Absolutely. Of the Can the council simply do it, or do you need to get permission from the Department of Transport? Um, we need permission so that essentially there are what we call controlled crossings and uncontrolled crossings. So again, it depends on where the crossings are. If it's on the likes of the N71, we need the, the buy-in from the likes of Transport Infrastructure Ireland to change the rules. So that's why we'll be liaising with the with the department. But again, the council has, I suppose, the the, the, the control over other crossings. Like I mentioned there, you know, there's one there going into the entrance of Spillers Lane and Clannacilty, which would be, you know, there's, there's no markings as such on the ground, but it is a raised crossing with bollards so that people can kind of stand safely to the side of the street, you know, and be noticed by a car. Again, like it, it, it is really important to emphasise, you know, pedestrians shouldn't go across, you know, the crossing without making sure that any vehicle has stopped beforehand. You know, that that goes without mm, saying. Mm. But certainly, look, um, yeah, just the engineers in their response to the motion, they were pointing out that they kind of generally have to stick to the rules um, as laid out in kind of you know the manual that they work off of. Um, so that's why we are hoping that maybe our local uh, TDs and Aractus members um, will be able to help us to try and, you know, get get this over the line that we may be able to tweak the, 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 the regulations for um, controlled or uncontrolled crossings so that we, we could... You could install uh, it. Exactly. Because yeah. unfortunately around the world we're, we're seeing a growing intolerance to the LGBT community. So this would send out a very clear message, Paul, not in our town. Absolutely, yeah. As I said, I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, look, I, I think there's this massive anxiety out there due to, to, to COVID and all of this kind of stuff. And then you've, as I said, supposed world leaders like the, the we'll say, the, the, the incumbent US president, you know, he's, he's kind of, you know, whipping up racial tensions and, you know, constantly referring to the things like, you know, the China virus and, you know, not com- condemning indiscriminate killing of, you know, innocent black people by cops and stuff like that. Like, and I, I think... All of that is, needs to be challenged, and um, you know, especially yeah, as I said, like you know, we, we've we've young people there still worried about coming out and telling their friends and family that they're gay and things like that. And like, and I think you know, simple little things that this could send out a very positive ripple from from West Cork, and and who knows where where all that would lead. Like, but so look, uh, I suppose look, I was happy to throw that little pebble into the water, um, so to speak, um, at our council meeting last last Monday. So I think look, simple little things like this could be very, very, very positive and it sends out a message. Look, West Cork is famous for its Cade Munafalta and we'll hopefully get back to a stage next year when we'll be able to welcome people back in from all over Ireland and other counties again when we can cross the county bounds and, and internationally. Absolutely, and think, absolutely. Um, and in the meantime, you're welcoming of people from all over Cork. That's what we, we need are, to do. Absolutely. We need to start, people need to, start, need to move around the county. Lots of people think this is a terrific idea, including one says, absolutely love this idea. It's fantastic that it came from a discussion with the LGBT uh, community too. Wonderful communication there, says uh, Deirdre. Okay, we leave it there, Paul. We'll keep a close eye on this one. But in the meantime, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme. Uh, good morning to you. That is West Cork Independent Councillor Paul Hayes, 1850 says, well done to Anne from Blarney on her comments read the closure of churches. No mass, no Holy Communion, no food for the soul. Very sad and worrying situations as this text in the November Novena. Christmas will all be on the line. Wake up people. Mass online will never ever take the place of mass in a church. There is no contact contest. Yes. This is Court Today. Court Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Court's greatest hits. C103.
Uh, lots of texts coming in, but one just want to get to this says hi, Ashish. Have you any update on the COVID numbers uh, for Cork City and County and the breakdown uh, that comes out every Thursday? But it's later in the afternoon. This is where they've started doing it every week. They update the map and they go through the local electoral areas and it gives a breakdown. And uh, it's normally Friday because, as I say, it's 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 Thursday afternoon to Thursday evening before they are, the figures are officially out. So we don't get to them until Friday. So we'll do them tomorrow on the programme. John Paul will join me once again as he's been doing for the last number of Fridays and we'll go through it in particular to compare with the previous week. It's the 14 day total and I know people like to know how much COVID-19 is in their particular area so we'll have that update for you please God but we won't have it until tomorrow. 1850 Still getting calls in from people confused about level 3 particularly when it comes to whether people can travel outside the boundary of Cork County and in the main the calls are coming in from people who live on close on either the Cork-Kerry border or the Limerick-Cork border or the Waterford-Cork border or the Tip-Cork uh, border. Uh, Colin Burke, Deputy Colin Burke uh, joins me. Uh, good, good morning to you Colin. Good morning. Um, you're welcome. You've looked into this for us. Are we allowed to leave the county and what are the reasons that we can leave the county? can leave the county in respect of work um, and it's really very much confined then after that. Um, the whole idea is to stop the movement of uh, the spread of COVID virus and I think just to give figures to it, I think it's important that we do that. In in August, for instance, the it was the number of people over 65 contracting COVID or identifying positive with COVID was six per 100,000. By the 3rd of October, it was 67.3 per 100,000. And that's in the over 65 age category alone. Wow. And if the trend continues as we presently have, by the 7th of November, we will be identifying between 1,600 and 2,300 per day if the present trend continues. That's the figures. They're the stark figures, and that's what we need to realise. Therefore, you know, there are guidelines that are being issued. We're asking, if at all possible, for people to follow the guidelines and to work within them. And I fully understand, you know, there, 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 there are, especially people who are living on the boundary, which are, you know, they might be living on the Limerick side of it, or the Cork side of it, or the Kerry side of it, or the Cork side of it. The rules are there to try and make sure that we... Uh, can control it in the best possible way and this is the guidelines that have been issued and you know the Gardaí have, are being you know they they're, have indicated that they will have um, checkpoints and that they will be talking to people to try and encourage people um, I suppose it's about encourage educate and work with people to try and make sure that we can bring down the numbers that are identifying positive every day so when it says stay in your county apart from work, education, medical or other essential purposes, yes. the essential purposes is what it's what you deem essential. I mean, if your local shop is two miles over the border and you need to get to the shop, well, then that is an essential journey. 
But if yeah. your nearest shop, if you have a shop that's within your county that is closer or the same distance, then you go to the one in your county. It's A lot of it's kind of common sense, Colin. Absolutely. And I think that's what we're trying to say to people. Look, this is not an ideal solution. I got an email in this morning from someone who was very annoyed. It was a, a school teacher who was travelling from Cork to Kerry uh, teaching and was complaining about the delays at the... Um, at the county bounds in relation to a guard at checkpoint. But can I just say, if you're working inside an hospital as a doctor, as a nurse, as a care assistant, the hours that people have put in over the last number of months have been just, uh, it's just unbelievable. People working long shifts, some doctors working 70 to 80 hours, nurses as well, in order to try and keep control and give the best possible care to people. And I'm asking when people make a decision to please consider the medical staff who are working so hard to save lives. And they have done a phenomenal job uh, in very difficult circumstances. And I think it's worked um, for us to interview, for media to interview the people who are working in the front line in our hospital services because they can give a true and accurate picture of the challenges that are there in trying to deal with COVID-19 and trying to manage patients. Yeah, and you know, these rules <coughs> and regulations and guidelines are not being put in place to annoy anyone. They're not being put in place to take the joy out of your life. They've been put in place to protect all of us. But most important, they've been put in place to protect the very vulnerable in our society that if they get COVID-19, it can be a death sentence for people. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I don't know whether I said it to you previously, um, I, two members of my own family who work in the healthcare service who unfortunately contracted it while working. One of them was working, and just to give you the extent that this person wasn't working in Cork County, but was working in a facility, um, geriatric, psychiatric, while she was out sick herself with COVID-19, uh, nine of the 27 patients died. Yeah, oh so that's fairly frightening. Yeah. And I'm giving these frightening figures this morning because, look, we all, we don't want to go to a level four. We don't want to go to a level five. The only way we can prevent that happening is by we working together on this. We work making sure that our hospitals don't be, uh, don't uh, get overwhelmed by the numbers going in there and that we work to make sure that we can reduce the exposure to to um, older people, but anyone who has underlying medical conditions as well, and that we also have an understanding of the challenges that they face, especially anyone who's living alone, um, you know, who's now um, living alone, um, they're confined to home, to make sure we give them support at this difficult time. And yesterday, I'm on the John Theroctor's Committee on Health, we had a presentation in on the whole mental health issue, and in fairness to the committee, we've decided to set up a subcommittee to deal with the mental health issue as well, because it is now a new challenge that's there as well. So there's a lot of different angles um, that are occurring now in healthcare that we didn't have 12 months ago. Yeah, um, and I know with mental health, column, I mean, if we if we had moved to level five, which was recommended by Dr. Houlihan and, and Neffert, that was a big concern for a lot of people because that was almost as good as the lockdown that we had earlier in the year. And that could, that will lead and could lead to a lot of mental health issues for for people who just can't cope with that type yeah. of a lockdown. 
But I think that's more reason why we can all help in that as well. There, there are simple things that we can do, like making a phone call to people that we mightn't have um, called for some time to see, you know, are they okay? There, are they okay? Yeah. Is there anything yeah. that can be done for them? Are there uh, are there things that they need? Whether it is from the pharmacy, whether it is from the shop, is there anything that can be uh, done to help them? And in fairness to the people that work in on post um, the last time around when there was a lockdown, they were extremely, they provided an amazing service um, to people um, who were living alone. And I think it's important that we can all play our part in dealing with that issue uh, and especially in rural areas as well. But also not to forget in urban areas that you can have people in isolation in urban areas where people think everything is okay, um, where in fact they too can be very lonely. Can be very lonely yeah, as well, and yeah. I think it's important. Okay, um, so a little bit of common sense, I think, more than anything when it comes to this travelling within your county. Like a listener says, can I travel outside the county? I need to collect my child that lives in another county. I mean, if that's deemed essential and your child is no yeah. other way of getting home, then... then and, when, and when you get stopped by the Gardaí, you know, they're there, the three E's, they're going to engage with you, they're going to educate you and they're going to encourage you. You put forward the reason for your journey. I mean, that's, yes. that, that, that's what you do. Absolutely. Okay. Just the final figure there, again, Patricia, is the... The figures we could be talking about on the 7th of November is between 1,600 and 2,300 could be identifying positive by the 7th of November if the present trend... If we, don't, cha- if we don't change our ways. And I'm particularly yep. worried about the breakouts in the, in the nursing homes. That's where we had all the deaths, or a yep. lot of the deaths the last time. OK, listen, Colm, thank you for that. Very well. Um, we appreciate you taking our, our call. Uh, good morning to you. That is Deputy uh, Colm Burke. A listener says, Patricia, I wish people would simply stop moaning and just try to stick to the recommendations that are put in. Is it not better to stay safe and try to get through this awful time? I think some individuals must have a death wish, says this uh, texter. We are going to be discussing mass and how people are upset that they can't go to mass this weekend and it's the way it's going to be for the next three weeks. This just says, I think mass... They should have allowed Mass to go ahead under Level 3. I live in Bandon. Our church, very well organised. People would show you to your seats every week. There were stickers on the seats showing people where they could sit and where they couldn't sit and it was keeping people apart. You felt very safe when you were at Mass in our local church. Please bring it back. For some people, it might have been the only time that they got out of their house once a week was to go to Mass on a Sunday. So there was almost a social side, even if they couldn't interact with everybody else that was in the church. And someone else says, Patricia, there's Mass every morning at half past ten on the RTE News TV channel if people don't have the internet, because we know a lot of the churches will have masses back online again. Because someone else is saying about the online, says mass is good no matter how we participate in it, says this texter, whether you're in your church or whether you're watching it in the comfort of your own home online. We have a lovely mass and rosary celebrated by Father Jim Kennedy in Boherbui. It's on every day and we can get it on our church webcam and people should really appreciate that and all of the a lot of the churches now have webcams and are doing that and it's it's the way people will get mass uh, who want mass for this weekend for sure okay other texts coming in we were talking about off licenses in the last hour Gary in for says lots of house parties in Formoy. He thinks that the off-licences should simply be closed down. Another texter says, what's been done about people from Northern Ireland coming south? The virus rates are going up and up. They're going up 
south of the border but they certainly are. They're seeing huge increases in numbers in Northern Ireland. This texter says over 800 yesterday alone. They need to set up patrols along the borders to stop people coming down from the north into the south. It's our country, says this texter. We have every right to protect it, whether it upsets the United Kingdom or not. Someone else en masse says, Patricia, whoever it was within Neffert or the government, whoever it was, decided to say that it wasn't safe to go to Mass. Well, I would say that that person or those people haven't been to Mass in a very, very long time. They should ask what regulations are practised in churches or they should go to churches, see the regulations that were put in place before making that call. Somebody else backing up that comment saying that the Masses, any of the Masses that they went to were very safe. And then, hi Patricia, I'm from West Cork. The problems, this person is blaming young people. Young people who attend parties and then everybody suffers around them because they take the virus from the parties and they take it home to their families. I hope that the Gardaí clamped down on young people. This is a very serious virus. It has taken people's lives and it's affected people's livelihoods. I'm now back on a COVID-19 payment since today and I was only back at work for the last five weeks. It is a disgrace. What some and I'm going to say some because it isn't all young people, but it's a disgrace what some young people are doing in our society that needs, needs to be stopped. It needs to be clamped down on. Um, young people need to realise that there are very vulnerable people out in communities and we need to stop the spread of this virus for once and for all. Hi Patricia, this is our lovely listener who listens to us on Jersey Island. Says, morning Patricia, I live in Jersey and I am a domiciliary care worker, which what I can gather is like home helps. There's no testing for us, which is an outrage as we are, can be in up to six or seven homes every day. I called to the helpline and was told no, no testing for home helps unless I show symptoms. Now, I recently went to the United Kingdom for a few days a week, for a few days away and I was tested on arrival back to the, to the island of Jersey because I put care worker on my admission Four. I've since been called on day five, day eight and day 12 for testing. I've had four tests in 12 days. Obviously, she's been told to isolate for 14 days. Four tests in 12 days, all negative, thank God. But I think it's really crazy that people that are going into people's homes in a caring capacity like the Home Helps are not tested. We now have 41 cases out of a population of 11,000 on Jersey. Stay safe, safe everyone. And uh, enjoy the topics on your programme. Thank you for that. And you stay safe as well. But isn't that, now I know it's a smaller population, but isn't that amazing the way the quarantine works there? It's not just somebody, as we do in this country, where you put you put down an address of where you're going to be for the next 14 days. There's somebody arrived back in from the United Kingdom because figures are high in the United Kingdom, not very high on Jersey. And that's how they'll keep COVID-19 out of an island is by doing that, saying to somebody, you're going to have to quarantine for 14 days and not only that, we'll test you on day one, we'll test you on day five, day eight and again on day 12 because we know you can test negative on day zero and then you go back for a test on day seven, you might still be negative but by day 10 you could end up testing positive. So that's the correct way to do things. Should should they be doing that? Should they have been done in this country? A lot of people would say probably yes. Stay safe and thank you. It's great to have you listen to us in uh, Jersey. Hi Patricia, it would be a disgrace if off licences were to close down. And this person says I'm speaking on behalf of elderly people. Elderly people in this country already f- feel neglected. Uh, it's been 
many of them like a little drink at night at home. It would be too risky for them to go to a pub even when the pubs were opened. Our elderly people have lost enough with reduced friends and families calling to see them. And now there's a suggestion from some people to close the off licence older people would be really affected by that. Hi Patricia, when you're talking about pubs and restaurants that have have closed, I know of a pub slash restaurant. It's in a county village and it was a disgrace to carry on there. No social distancing. They were open all hours. There was a beer garden but no names or phone numbers were being taken by uh, anyone. What were the Gardaí doing? Well, yeah, it's an um, surprised that went on all the time because we know certainly from any restaurants that we heard about and pubs that we heard about the Gardaí were in in and out on a regular basis making sure that everything was been done correctly and that you contact tracing names and addresses were taken making sure that there was two metres social distancing going on but a listener says that's what they witnessed in their area 1850 Tommy Kilty Park Hotel. They're looking for a hotel accountant. You do need to have relevant experience. Healthcare assistants are wanted for Aradlin Nursing Home. That's in Bohabui. While the Bon Secours Hospital in Cork, they're recruiting for a clinical nurse manager for their breast care centre. And a rigid truck driver is wanted for immediate start. That's in McCroom. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 Now, as we know, the as of this week, the entire country is now in level three. Level three also means that all religious services must move to online with places of worship only open for a certain amount of time each day to facilitate private prayer. And the rep for court Northwest Becky Keely uh, is calling on the government to allow public mass to go ahead and Becky joins me uh, to explain more. Good morning to you Becky. Hi Patricia, how I, are you? I'm, I'm very welcome and can I say since I mentioned that we were going to be discussing this issue I can see we have a lot of people who are 100% agreeing with you and the amount of people that are so upset that they're not going to be able to go to Mass uh, this this weekend. You are calling for this mainly for the benefit of older people in particular. Can you explain why? Well I suppose this all happened um, last week when you know there was the potential of Cork going into a lockdown my phone started hopping then um, because people were saying they just didn't want the churches to be closed. And um, so now we're in a national lockdown and it's the same. And I suppose everyone thinks, yeah, OK, it is the majority of the daily mass scores would be elderly people. But I even put up a Facebook post about this issue last week and I couldn't get over the messages from even the younger generation who have found their face again and like attending mass on uh, the weekend with their family and their friends. So, I mean, like, there's absolutely no justification for these severe restrictions that are being put on the churches at the moment. If we just look at the latest figures on the breakdown of the cases in Cork that came from Dr. Ronan Glynn, um, out of the 350-plus cases, 70 of them were directly linked to pubs and restaurants. Now, these are identified cases. Of course, they could be more. And those pubs and restaurants were still allowed to operate. And I'm not knocking that. I think it's vital that people do go out and socialise. I am in favour of people getting out and keeping their daily routine going. But there has not been one case 
of a cluster linked to the It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I so, think that's... I, I, I was trying to look into this yesterday. I think that's nationwide. I don't think there's been any cases linked to somebody going yeah. to Mass. Uh, no, there has been... There, there is a report of one case uh, linked to some sort of a worship here in Ireland, but it didn't say what denomination that was from. But I do know that there's been no uh, that the church has been that the church hasn't been a cause of any cluster or people passing on the viruses. And if you had seen, I don't know if you've been to the churches yourself. I have, I have, I have. Yeah. My God, I mean, the parishioners, the priests. They have went over and above all of the volunteers. I joined a group myself to help clean a local church. I couldn't get over. I mean, everyone's wearing masks, right? Everyone's sitting in uh, every second pew. Uh, when you're going up to receive Holy Communion, it, it's one row at a time, you know. It's it's very, everyone's... It's out. almost military precision. <laughs> it's nearly too much in my eyes. But there you go if they are sacrificing. The, and I mean... In the church that I was helping to clean the weekend, I mean, all seats were being sprayed with dettles. Wow. I mean, all, all, yes. And I mean, it's even lifting the varnish on the furniture. But there you go. That is actually the sacrifice that the churches are making so the parishioners can attend Mass in a safe way. And I mean, you, we can go to the shop. That's great. We can go, we can get our hair and our nails and everything done. But when it comes to our public worship, the government are just saying no way. Um, I mean, look at the schools. You know, classroom uh, sizes are between 30 and 50 students. Let's be realistic about it. Classroom sizes are small. They are confined. Uh, I do support people, obviously, going back to education and continuing the daily routine, like I said. But on the flip side of that, the average capacity that a church can hold is up to 600 people. The average daily attendees is 40 people. And the government are trying to tell us that we can't have a socially distanced mass. 
Yeah, Tony in the city uh, says on this, on restricting church services, I must say I'm confused and considering how our church organises our services so well and so safely. We are met individually at the door. We're offered sanitising facilities. We're checked to make sure that we're wearing a mask. We're then directed to a particular aisle and ushered into an individual seat. We are then at least two metres away from anyone else. We are then individually ushered towards the altar if we want to receive Holy Communion. We are safer there than any other place that we're allowed into, says Tony yeah. in Cork. And I think that's what's baffling people because yeah. the church got it so right. And that was down to volunteers like yourself going in and doing the cleaning, you know, in individual parishes. People stepped up to the mark and everyone felt, everyone that went to Mass felt safe, which is important. Yeah. And like that was going to be one of my next points is that the churches, they're the largest buildings that any of us have in our towns and villages. And they have been among the safest places during the pandemic. And I mean, yes, OK, we are being asked to, you know, persevere in our efforts to reduce uh, the risk of the, transmis- the transmission. We're being asked to do that again. The churches had that covered a long time ago. And, um, you know, the priests, the parishioners, all the volunteers were just ensured that the church was so safe for people to attend. And I mean, on the other side of this, we're all well aware of the surge that we have in depression, hopelessness and suicide. And it's the loss of normality in our daily routine that's adding to all of this. And it's at a time like this that people are in need of spiritual solace like never before. I mean, we all know it's in the times of the greatest pearl uh, that we we find spiritual comfort uh, in whatever uh religion we believe in, but public worship is more important now than it ever was. uh, And our churches need to be open and we can worship in a safe manner. That's the thing that just calls me. There's no justification for it at all. We're the only country in Europe that has banned public worship now. Are we? Are we the only ones? We are. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, Pat is saying, Patricia, the one thing that's missing with all this talk is prayer. Maybe if we all got on our knees and asked God to take away this virus, we might all be a little bit better off. Somebody else says, Becky is quite quite right. Mass is of huge importance to so many people. But then someone else is making the point, Mass is fine and everything that the church can do and they're doing to make sure that everyone is safe. But this listener says... The worry that this listener always had was people bunching together at the door as people are leaving and the congregation then is all gathered outside. And maybe I that's one of the reasons. That. Okay, I, I haven't seen that. When we leave the church, if, we, if, we're, if you're sitting up at the top or if you're over to the sides where the choir may sit, you're last to leave. It's one pew at a time leaving the church. Um, I mean, people know, even outside, yeah, of course you're going to say hello to your neighbours, but people still have their masks on. And they're keeping their distance. We might meet our cousins, family members outside the church. We're not all huddled in a circle because we know. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's the same when you go into a supermarket. You'll see people are really good about social distancing. But you'll see other people who are all on top of each other. I mean, you can't can't account for stupidity either. No, and you're going to have that. But all I can say is in the churches themselves, um, they've gone over and above. Like you said, it's nearly military. Sometimes I'm like, crikey, are we, have we gone too far here? But I mean, that's the, that's the steps that they've taken just to make sure that everyone does feel safe and that the virus cannot be passed within 
you know, the four yeah. walls of the church. Yeah, and I um, think, you know, if, you know, the, those strict rules and regulations that churches put in, it allowed people to feel safe. I mean, we were contacted by elderly people who, would be, who had cocooned, the dreaded cocooning word, who hadn't gone out of their homes. And then suddenly the churches were back open again and they were nervous about it. And, and you know, we were saying here over the airwaves, you will be fine. The churches will look after you. And the amount of older people came back and contacted us and say, oh, I was so glad I went and I did feel safe. And that's what it's yeah. all about. Yeah, and some people did delay in going back to the church. And I understand that. And I mean, like, just going back to the elderly um, in our communities, they're continually being forgotten about. And it was even worse throughout the pandemic. I mean, the government told them, cocoon, shut yourselves off from the world. Um, if they weren't doing that, they were locked down in nursing homes for months on end where, you know, their family and friends couldn't even contact them. And it was up to us the people in the communities and local businesses to rally around and to support people and to help them to get everything that they need. You know, you had people collecting shopping and prescriptions mm, and that and dropping mm. it off to them. Like, let's not forget that. And then our elderly, they ask very little of us. And one of the few things that they're asking right now, and like I said, the phone is hopping. I can't get over it. Um, you know, out of all of the issues that I might have bought up or addressed or ever raised, this is definitely one that is just like, I can't get over. The I, well, I can, I can back you up because I can see the amount of texts and calls just coming in in front of me. I can't keep up with them. Yes. Somebody says, please, please, please let us have our mass back. Turning away from the sacrament of the Holy Mass is just so uh, wrong. Uh, we need it now more than ever. Someone else says, Becky is so right. Churches are very safe. A Mass is just as important as any other social gathering. As a young person, going to Mass in Cork City is a crucial part of my weekly ret- routine. And that's from Queeveen. Thanks, Queeveen. Mairead said, delighted to hear somebody speaking out about this issue. Worship is an essential human need. Churches are handling sanitisation so very well. It's such a pity we now have back watching Mass online again. We Catholics need the Eucharist. It's our spiritual food. Now there, Connor in Cork says, 100% support uh, Becky. We should be allowed to go back to Mass. Everyone at Mass looks after themselves, socially distanced from others. I never felt unsafe at Mass. Uh, well spoken by Becky today. Keep it up. All right. Yeah. So a lot, you've got I mean, a lot of support a few, on yeah, this. That's, and that's good. That's reassuring to know. And I mean, the freedom to practice our faith should still be allowed, especially given the sizes of the churches, the guidelines that are being followed. And obviously, we're, you know, there's tabs being kept on the people that are entering the churches as well. And it's just, it's working wonders for people's uh, mental health and yeah. well-being, yeah. you know, um, and that's one of the bottom lines here. And I just can't understand why the government would shut down mass when it has not been linked to one outbreak and when its benefits for the people come at no cost. Okay. To the government, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, this is from a listener in Mitchellstown. Uh, hi, Patricia. I feel people are safer going to Mass than they are in supermarkets because you're seated. You're at a distance from everybody else. Everybody is wearing uh, a mask. Hear, hear to that lady talking on your radio this morning. That's exactly how we feel. Uh, and leaving the church, when you're exiting the church, people can be sensible about it. We need our uh, Mass. OK. All right. Uh, you certainly have hit a nerve. I can tell you that, uh, Becky. We leave it there. Thank you for that. And, uh, Lovely. Thank and you, Patricia. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning to you. That is 
uh, Becky Keeley and Becky is the aim to rep for Cork North West 1850 John Paul and Sadie you're taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Cork today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850 333 103 and keep those comments uh, coming I will get around to them but I want to go to Skibbering Garda Station where Crime Prevention Officer Sergeant James O'Donovan joins us for this week's uh, Garda File. Good morning to you James. Good morning Patricia. Uh, and you're welcome. You want to start with appeals to for witnesses firstly to a number of thefts. Yes Patricia I suppose we start off there on the 27th of September last at approximately half two in the afternoon in an area of Coolmona and Dunamore there was an incident where um, a number of tools were taken from a farmyard. I suppose the, the unusual thing about this is the farmer, the farmer had just left the farmyard, the farmyard for a half an hour, and when he returned, there was a, a number of tools taken from an area that he was carrying out a bit of work. So obviously, this was a travelling criminal, travelling criminal gang that were in the area took an opportunity to take some tools. So we're appealing to anyone that may have seen anyone in the Coolmona, uh, anything suspicious in the Coolmona area of Dunamore, to contact the Gardaí and Stuka or McCroom on the 27th of September. Um, we had a number of dogs also taken. Patricia, I know this has been a fairly um, common theme over the last number of months, but we had a dog taken from the Lean Com area of Skull on the 29th of September there between 4.20pm and 5pm. It's a brown and white collie and it is chipped. Okay. So, first of all, we're appealing to anyone who may have seen anything in around the Lean Com area of, of Skull on the 29th to contact the Gardaí in Skull. And again, it was on the 2nd of October, another dog, a shift tool, was taken from the Banlagree Ban area of McCroom. Again, thankfully the dog was microchipped, so hopefully we're look, we'll be hoping for a good result there. But we're again asking for any member of the public who may have seen strange vans in the Banlagree area of McCroom on the 2nd of October around 6.30pm to 7.45pm contact the Guardian or crew. Because it's not like it's bad enough when an item is stolen for somebody but when a dog is taken it's a much loved family pet. It's, it's almost like it's a member of the family. It's it's really yeah. heartbreaking. Okay. It is indeed. Um, moving on there to the 29th of September then we had um, uh, a number of bags of coal and a wheelbarrow taken from outside the house. Uh, we believe that they were just delivered. Now this is a particularly strange one because it happened in the, in broad daylight between 3 and 4 p.m. on the 29th of September. Now, they more likely used the wheelbarrow to, to move the bags of coal, but we're asking for anyone who would have seen anyone acting suspicious or even pushing a wheelbarrow of coal in Tawny's upper area of County on the 29th of September to contact the Gardaí. Yeah, that Canada. would stand out as looking a bit unusual, wouldn't it, to see somebody walking down the road with a wheelbarrow full of bags of coal? It would. Yeah. It would stand out, would you? And look, I suppose we've often spoke about it before, there is these travelling criminals out there and they're putting on fluorescent jacket and they look normal because they blend in because everyone thinks if they're wearing a fluorescent jacket they seem to be at work and, and, and they seem to fit in quite normally but this would have stood out because it, it would have been a, a rare thing to see up in Tawny's upper of someone pushing a, a bag of coal around with okay. a wheelbarrow so hopefully it will tweak someone's memory um, moving on to the 13th of September then um down in the J grounds there in Adrigal, we had some scaffolding taken from it, um, from the J grounds that was being used to do some renovation work on the clubhouse. So we're appealing to anyone that have, would have seen movement there between the 30th of September and the 2nd of October, so over a couple of days, to contact the Gardaí and Castle Bear. Um, again, look, it, 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 they could appear as someone 
moving scaffolding legitimately by wearing person jackets and so forth. But that that is a rare thing that you'd see people moving scaffolding over a couple of days in a GA ground. So again, we're appealing to anyone that might have seen anything suspicious. Okay, so from thefts then to criminal damage. Yes, and we're touching on a, a, a bit of criminal damage here to uh, a few boats down in Skull, uh, again in the Collapier area of Skull, between the 24th of September and the 1st of the 10th. There was a few lines to a petrol tank uh, of a, a boat damaged on the pier below here in Skull. Again, I suppose we have touched that there coming into the winter months, a lot of the boats will be, be put away because the season is over. But there is also always going to be a number of boats on the pier area. If anyone was down in the pier area of those between the 24th of September and the 1st of the 10th, that I might have seen anyone acting suspicious on a boat at a strange time to contact the Guardian Skull. Um, moving on to the 3rd and the 4th of October then, Patricia, at a house in Kildove area, there was criminal damage by done, by done of kicking in the front door of a house. Now, the house was vacant at the time, but this would have been unusual because we would have it happened between the 3rd and the 4th in the early hours of the morning. So were anyone who would have seen anyone acting suspicious in the Roy Court area of Kildove to contact the Gardaí in McCroom. OK, and of course we had that dreadful fire that happened. Thankfully nobody was injured, but it was devastating locally for the people in Skibbereen at the Old Convent. Yes, the Old Convent in Skibbereen. I suppose many happy memories for a lot of people here on the Cork Road in Skibbereen, but we're again appealing to anyone who was in the area on Tuesday, 29th of September last, approximately 4pm, to contact the Gardaí in Skib. And we know that it's on the Cork Road, Patricia, very busy. Um, you're, you would have a lot of delivery trucks um, people being picked up from schools and stuff. So if they have dash cam footage from their cars, their delivery trucks or lorries to contact the Gardaí in Skibbereen or in Clannacilty. OK, and to, bur- um, to burglaries? Yes, Patricia, we have one burglary there to, to uh, look assistance from the public. It's again on the 28th and the 29th of September. An attempt was made into, into a farmyard there in the Island Day Hill area, Butterbui, and remove a number of items. Now, a power washer and a very expensive quad bike were lined up ready to be taken and they, they were actually spooked, we believe, early in the, in the early hours. But we're again appealing to anyone in the Boerhaui area who may have seen a suspicious car or a van because, again, Boerhaui can't be put into, I suppose, a, a, a small vehicle, so it would be a large van or, or a, a, I suppose, a Ford Transit-type Transit vehicle to get that loaded up. And again, with the power washer, it would have been a fairly significant size. So I suppose we're looking for anyone who might have seen a strange delivery tri- truck or a transit van or even a highest in the area to contact the Gardaí in Boerhaui. And that's leading us on to the next topic, which is Operation Thor, Patricia. Uh, the Operation Thor started on the 1st of October, and it's the Garda operation which targets travelling criminals around the country. And also, it, we highlight a crime prevention message specific for the winter of 2020. Um, it started on the 1st of October, as I said, and we'd be asking people to just get into the mindset of securing their property in their sheds and their farmyards and their homes. The Light Up, Lock Up campaign is starting in earnest now, and we're appealing to everyone to come into the winter months to, to I suppose, get into the practice of securing their property and securing their homes. Tools and vans and in building sites is another area we want to discuss down the line in coming into the winter months. We had a number of incidents up the country where there was a couple of attempts on vans for tools. So we're again, we're appealing to the tradesmen to secure your vans every night and over the weekends or any long period of time that you're not using your tools and the vans 
to take them away and secure them in a secure shed. And of course, to report anything suspicious to us, no matter how uh, futile you think the, it, it might seem, just ring us and we can follow up on it. And it can. We've had many a phone call received in Garda stations over the past number of months, and we want to thank the public for that. That have led to captures of criminals travelling around both uh, West Cork, Cork County, Kerry, and surrounding counties as well. So. We again want to thank the public for all their help and their continued support. Okay, well done. And while we're not in complete full uh, lockdown, there are people who are staying indoors and looking after themselves and not going out, out and about. The Cork County Council Community Support Hubs, and we know the Gardaí are very involved w- uh, with that. That number is still operational. That number is still operational. And again, I suppose we want to highlight the importance of it coming into the winter months, Patricia. I know you do great work there in the radio show. Show yourselves highlighting the work that the Cork County Council's community support groups do, along with our own community policing and all the other agencies. The number is 1800 It's there for anything, for any neighbour that's vulnerable that might need assistance over the winter months coming ahead. I suppose the COVID-19 situation, it might have been easier to deal with over the summer months when there was long evenings and so forth, but coming into the winter months, that can have another effect on people. And we're just asking people to contact the number or contact ourselves at your local guard station. If you're looking for help, yeah. If yeah. Anyone is don't be for suffering. Help. Don't be uh, suffering no. in silence. If you need help, the help is there. And uh, very finally, then, uh, James, the guard there, Youth Awards, 25th year of the Youth Awards in West Cork. Yes, it's where Incredible. It's hard to believe. Yeah. I suppose our own guard, James O'Manny, would have been to the forefront of when these Youth Awards started. Um, with their look, especially in the age that's there and all the community support that has gone on, these youth awards celebrate outstanding young people between the ages of 13 and 21 and all the work they've done in the communities. And we we are aware that to the forefront of COVID-19, they were there as well. So on Garshi Connor in West Cork and Supervalue, who were sponsoring it, recognised that there was a lot of good work being done by the young people in every community and the awards will be considered for nominations. So the, the nomination forms are online they're also at your local super venue or they're at any Garda station and we're just looking for people to nominate anyone in your community and I suppose with COVID-19 we'll be looking to do something different this year we'll be doing it, maybe an online one and we'll just see where the situation stands with COVID-19 as to where we, we whether or not we'll be able to physically hold them or do them online but yeah. they are going ahead this year and we're, right. we're looking for nominations from across West Coast. Okay, well done. And uh, some of the young people were absolutely fantastic and really stepped up to the mark, particularly during lockdown when schools and colleges were closed. And uh, some of them were fantastic in their local communities. We, we can't speak highly enough about them. And this is a chance in the West Cork area to honour them and to say thank you to them by nominating for these awards. Okay, uh, we leave it there, James. Listen, thank you for that. Thanks Look for after sure. yourself and uh, we'll talk thank again. You, Take care. That is Crime Prevention Officer Sergeant James. James O'Donovan, uh, who works out of a Skibbereen Garda station. 1850-333-103. Somebody wants to point out that the dog that we spoke about in Garda file that is missing from the Lemcom area in Skull wasn't a collie dog. It was actually a Jack Russell. OK, I'm glad to clarify that. It's a Jack Russell. Uh, it is a lemon and white 10-year-old Jack Russell. Oh, God. It's missing in Skull from the 29th of September. It is microchipped. Let's hope that that dog gets home and back safe. This is Court Today. Court Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Court's greatest hits. C103.
have to say, huge reaction to uh, Becky Keely talking and calling on the government to allow public mass, even though we're in level three and level three says that churches all online all online worshipping must go online and uh, it's churches are allowed open. I don't know how many hours a day churches are open but churches are allowed open but it, it must be for private prayer only but all religious services must move online. A lot of people really agreeing with Becky uh, a lot of people missing and uh, dreading the fact that they won't be able to go to Mass this Sunday. Colin Mbottovan says prevention, he sees a different view though. He says prevention is better than cure. We have heard people who will not wear masks inside in a church. We've heard of others who demand their own seats. So what? while not all will obey the rules, there will always be rule breakers. Prevention is better than cure. If it was down to what Becky and others are saying, would we have GAA matches back up and running? Colin says at the end of the day you can watch the Mass live on TV and all of them are streaming if you want Mass it is there for you um, you're on your own on that one though Colm judged by our listeners today because the majority of people are taking a very different view they want mass back and they want their public mass back mass that they can go into the church and attend Mick says the bishops he feels have been very quiet on all uh, of this and shame on them so the people are calling out for the bishops to lead and he's feeling there's no leadership from the church on this. Tim totally agrees with Becky. I know people, he said, who were tested at the weekend, COVID-19 testing, but they still went out to parties while waiting to get their results back. And yes, they're stopping people who want to go to church. Sean says, I'm a Catholic and I've gone to Mass since they reopened. But he said, he said, but I, I sat outside. OK, Mass was going on inside the church, but he sat outside and maybe remained in the porch area. I don't know. And he said, I did that because I'm high risk. I've got an illness, and underlying health condition. So I would be high risk. But he said the main problem was it's everybody coming out of the church and gathering and the interaction then that takes place after Mass. The church is open if you want to go in and say a prayer yourself. And there's plenty of Masses online. I think the meeting outside the church is the big problem. I've seen it in my own church, says Sean. And he reckons that's one of the reasons why under level five that they decided to introduce the restriction whereby all services must move online. Nothing to do with what was going on inside because certainly everyone who's contacted us who've been inside in the church has said it's beyond safe. They've never they've never felt more safe and they certainly feel safer than they do when they've been out in any kind of a social uh, setting. Hi Patricia, this is Jacinta. I am a 70 year old woman. I need mass and I need the Eucharist. It's good for my general health also good for my mental health. The Mass is good on TV, but if you're, at, if you're bedridden or for whatever reason you can't go to Mass, but it's not the same as being present in front of the tabernacle, which is where our Lord and Saviour resides. That's from Jacinta. Michael says, well done for highlighting what Michael sees as the wrong and unjust inflicted on church going public by denying us our spiritual communion. As a Christian community, especially now with fear rampant, we need to have access to our community togetherness. We need it now more than ever. If public reps cannot act on our wishes to worship, maybe maybe tendering to Caesar is going to be called into question next. And that's from Michael P. Hi, Patricia. I was listening to Becky 
on your programme earlier. I also, I so wish that there were more people like her around. Like Becky, I too help to take care in my local church and I agree with everything that she had to say. Our freedom to worship should not be taken away from us. Maybe Becky could organise a petition or anything that would help us to get our churches open again. I would gladly help her in whatever way. Our bishops need to come on board. Think back to the late Daniel O'Connell. God bless Becky, says this listener. Somebody else is looking for contact details for for Becky which she's with AIN2 the political party AIN2 so you can certainly contact her through there I know her her email address is Keely AIN2 at gmail.com if you want to contact her that way John in uh, Kerry hugely supportive of Becky today fully su- full support to Becky says another listener to have our Catholic churches reopen and all the sacraments of the church available to us please God they will open in the immediate future for Mass someone else says thanks to Becky and Patricia for bringing up the subject about Mass. St. Padre Pio said, We can survive without the sun, but we cannot without Mass. Please bring our Mass. Uh, it's the one thing that us elderly people in particular, it's the only thing we have to look forward to. Well done to Becky, says another, this is Marie, for speaking out what, on how many people feel. We need God in our lives and Mass and the sacraments. This world doesn't last forever. Where are we going? That's from Marie. And Jack is a student from Cork. He says, Becky couldn't be more correct. We need to bring back Mass. It makes no sense that we have so many other services available and yet people can't get to Mass, which is so important to so many people. Well done to Becky, said somebody else, bringing this important matter to the attention of all. Please bring back our Mass before mental illness will be rampant. And uh, a final one in, in this batch of text saying, Hi Patricia, could we not have a drive-in Mass? Most churches are very large car parks. Remember what we did for the bingo when there was drive-in bingo? Could something similar not not be done? Everyone would be safe. Everyone would stay in their cars. Just an idea. Why why not? They they certainly did it for the drive-in bingos. But the drive-in bingos now are obviously under level three have stopped as well because we're limited on the number of people that can meet outside. But it isn't, it certainly isn't a bad suggestion uh, for sure. Thank you for your thoughts. 1850-333-103. Okay, hi. This is um, different topics then coming in. Hi Patricia, hope hope you're well. Just thinking, wouldn't it be logic to close the airports, the ferries, the off-licenses and shut down the border between North and South. I bet you any money, says Maggie, the cases would drop straight away. I can't understand why the why they haven't closed the airports and ports in the off licences. It's like putting a mouse trap at the front door and hoping and praying that a mouse won't come in through the back door. No logic at all in what is happening. I've said it before, we are an island. We shouldn't be having any of these cases. So I'm hoping that one day somebody will start seeing a little bit of logic. And on mask wearing, Mary says, Patricia, I hope... I don't know if you've discussed this or not before, but previously you mentioned an item that you ordered online for helping you to breathe easier under your face mask. I'm wondering, would you recommend them? That's from Mary. I can't recommend them, Mary, because would you believe they never arrived? For some reason, I got notification to say that they were returned to sender. And I don't know why, because I've had packages delivered from the same company before and I never got around to reordering them. If anybody else can tell me if they are any good or not, they're a plastic piece that you put 
you sort of you hold it up against your face first and it and then you put the mask on over it and it holds the face mask away from your nose and your actual mouth and it's meant to make breathing easier but as I say mine for whatever reason were returned to sender and I don't know if you can buy them locally I would prefer by the way, if we could buy them locally, I only ever buy items online when I absolutely can't get them locally. So if anybody knows what they are, it's if anybody knows where you can buy them, I don't even know what they're called. It's a piece of hard plastic. You put it over your face and then you put your face mask on over it. And it's meant to make the wearing of face masks more comfortable and it's meant to make it easier to breathe. And it certainly is easier to speak when you've one of these contraptions on underneath your face mask if anybody knows where they're available and if they're any good and you'd recommend them can you let us know uh, please 1850 Do you remember yesterday we had somebody who was very annoyed because they got, they went and renewed their driving licence and they went and renewed it two or three months early they were getting ahead of the queue and they couldn't believe when they got their driving licence back it was dated from the d- date of renewal rather than the date of expiry of the previous driver's licence and they feel they missed out then on three months of the value of that particular licence and they were saying with the NCT if you go and have your car NCT'd early they will always give you your NCT certificate from the date that your previous NCT was due to expire not from the date of your test and people think that's always very, very fair. Well someone has just pointed out Patricia I got caught renewing my TV licence I was a month before the due date thought I was doing good paying another bill but also I've missed out on a month now oh that's a bit unfair so listeners please beware it is the same with your TV licence I was not aware of that I certainly didn't realise that that was the case so it's the same with your TV licence as well Okay, some other texts coming in to us we were talking about off licences earlier can we do anything in this country without drink being involved surely we could do without alcohol for a few weeks we need to cop ourselves on close every source that sells or supplies alcohol and we will never or else we will never go back to some kind of normality. So just shut down everybody's access to alcohol. And then people wondering about travelling outside of the county when we know under the restrictions that are in place at the moment, you should only travel outside of your county for work, for education or for essential reasons. Some people are coming up with and wondering, are these essential reasons or not? Somebody says, if you have parents living in Cork, and you're working in another county, is it okay to travel home to see your parents? One listener is wondering. And Margaret says, I work in Cork and in the city and I live in County Cork. My dog minder is in Limerick. I sometimes have to make a journey to take the dogs to the dog minder in Limerick. Would that be deemed an essential journey? You know, I really think it's up to everybody individually to decide. I mean, on the case of going to visit your parents, certainly when we were all restricted to our counties and when we were restricted, you know, when we couldn't move outside five kilometres, then people didn't get to see their parents for for many, many weeks and many, many months. And we had lots of grandparents bemoaning the fact that they couldn't see their grandchildren. I think it really is. It's an individual choice. It's up to everybody individually, whether they think it's an essential journey or not. And if you're stopped by the guards, then you're going to have to put forward your case to decide if it is essential or not. But I'm slow in cases like that to say to somebody, yes, I think that is an essential journey. 
are in Mill Street says Patricia listening to your programme today as usual thank you for that my mother was born in Yall in the 1920s and she went to the United Kingdom to train as a nurse and a midwife she and all of them back then had to deal with TB cholera and endless other nasty diseases I remember her telling me about about them but she used to say that at the time everyone just pulled together this is different but there are two sides to it the people who think it doesn't apply to them as they'll never get the virus or if they get the virus, they're not going to be very sick. And then there's the others who would just like to hang on to life for a little bit more and don't want to get the virus. What's going on? We seem to be very different this time around to how previous generations handled situations like this. And on whether you should travel outside the county or not, Trish. If people would weigh up their situation and work out what is absolutely essential in their lives then we could get through this virus easier for instance if people like me says this texter who are at home alone and don't have to go to work if we say that we will stay at home then there will be less people out and about to spread the virus this then would free up the roads and transport public transport etc for those who have to go to work who have to get out and about the people that will have to keep the country going lockdown is like life it's what you make of it Stop feeling sorry for ourselves and think a little bit more about the bigger picture. Isn't there a, a man or a woman I don't know who's got a lot of sense? Thank you for your text to 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. The Irish Cancer Society, they're looking for volunteer drivers and this is to help transport cancer patients to and from their hospital chemotherapy treatments. Volunteers are needed across Cork to help keep this vital service running. The role is weekdays only, but you must be able to commit to a full day when driving. All drivers must have a roadworthy vehicle and an active email address and a valid driver's licence. If you're interested, you can contact the Irish Cancer Society by going to their website www.cancer.ie Castle Magna Development Association, their closed collection is on this Friday. It's to help fund traffic calming equipment for the village. And Fremont Collection for Penny Dinners will be held next Sunday, 10am to 1pm in the local hall. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 And some of your texts coming in. Hi Patricia, just wondering, as myself and my friend work in Tralee and we live in Cork, are we still okay to travel to work? Absolutely. It clearly states you stay in your county apart from work education, medical or other essential purposes. They do, of course, say work from home unless absolutely uh, necessary. Still lots of people bemoaning the fact that the churches are closed. Somebody says, is, is the Church of Ireland open? It should be open for private prayer, but you're going to need to check in locally because the, the hours the church is open varies, obviously, from parish to a parish. Somebody else says, I'm sure God will understand. After all, he is everywhere. That is from Jer. Hi, Patricia. 
Patricia, I'm fully in support of churches staying open and staying open in full and for all our sacraments to be available. We're the only country currently where churches are closed for public masses and services. In the times ahead, we all need God in our lives. If the schools can be open and restaurants and off licences, then the churches can too. And that's from Neil and uh, Leslie Ann. Catherine joins me on the programme. Good afternoon to you, Catherine. Hi, thanks for having me on. Well, you're very welcome because a number of people, when we were talking with Becky Keeley, who raised this in the last hour, a number of people were saying we need some kind of a petition, that people could sign a petition. And lo and behold, you've set up a petition. That's right, yes. So our petition can be found on change.org and is under the name of Removal of Prohibition of Religious Services. Um, It's only been up about a day or so, but it's had around a thousand signatures already. So obviously people are using the petition to voice their concerns. And I think that's a really good thing. It's a way that people can positively show the government that they're not happy with what's going on and that there needs to be a change. And why did you decide to set up the petition, Catherine? Well, um... As I'm sure most of your listeners know, from midnight on the 6th of October, we moved to level three. And if we look at the Resilience and Recovery 2020-2021 plan for living with COVID-19, which was published by the government, it allows services such as hairdressers to remain open. I can go and have a knees up at um, a wedding reception. I can attend uh, an arts cultural event in a park but I cannot attend my place of worship at all. And I don't think that's a proportionate response. Um, We see that there have been clusters of cases in meat factories, and yet they're still operational. We've seen cases spring up all across the country in schools, and yet they're still open. We haven't seen um, public places of worship be... um, a cause for concern in respect of rising cases. So I feel it's a little bit um, disproportionate of the government to encroach on people's rights to worship publicly. Um, and this doesn't just apply to um, you know Christians or Catholics. We have a significant proportion of people in Ireland who adhere to the Muslim faith. We have a Hindu temple. We have our Jewish brothers and sisters. So, you know, this is all about... Um, yeah, it's all rights. it's all places of, of worship. It Absolutely, isn't... I know yeah. people have been today talking about, you know, going to Mass on Sunday and others are talking about, you know, Church of Ireland uh, services. But this is all places of worship are closed yeah. to, to except for private prayer. Yes, that's right. And we do need to acknowledge that, that there are multiple faith groups in this country. And we do have that constitutional... Uh, protection um, under Article 44, which says, you know, we do have the right to publicly worship. And um, although it is not illegal at the moment for places of worship to open, it would be in direct conflict with the government's advice. Um, There have been numerous priests and pastors of churches who have shared our petition and who have raised their concerns. And I think that's a really good thing because this needs to be a collective effort of people saying, hey, we know that we're in the middle of a very difficult situation, but look, we've been managing things just fine. You know, we've had um, social distancing and, you know, congregations wearing face coverings and, and the like. And that seems to have worked quite well. People have adapted very well. So it seems to be quite a jump. Uh, reaction for the government to do that. And the petition is essentially asking the government to remove that prohibition uh, under levels three to five and to allow, you know, within reason, we understand that the government might need to put in some restrictions in terms of numbers or it being outdoors. 
but there needs to be a proportionate response and I don't think that that's being reflected currently. Yeah, I mean, the, the number of people who say who, who had have attended church services and attended mass since they were allowed to reopen when we came out of lockdown and everybody's saying the work and the effort that parishes and volunteers within parishes have put in to make sure that those places of worship and those churches are safe places. People felt safe there. Yeah, and I think we have to acknowledge that, you know, for I, I had one person talk to me and she said, you know, my mother goes to Mass every day and it's the one time that she leaves her home that she feels safe. And it, it's more than just a spiritual thing, you know. Um, places of worship have provided um, comfort, they have provided practical support, and they're really a cornerstone of our society. And we really need to acknowledge how significant a role that they play in maintaining a happy and healthy society. And there have been people who have contacted me who have said, look, I'm not religious at all. But, you know, I support people's right to practice their faith. And I don't think that this measure is justified. And I would ask, you know, can the government provide us with any justification for such a harsh measure? I can't find it. And it seems we are the only country in Europe that you can't go into a place of worship for a service. Yeah, I mean, it's bizarre. That seems very bizarre. Yeah, you would would kind of think we were in Saudi Arabia or something where we can't go to church. I mean, it is absolutely insane. Now, obviously, there are going to be some people who prefer to access mass or religious services online for whatever reason. And that's fine. But I still think that we should have the choice and the freedom to choose if we want to go there. Um, you know, and for me personally, as a Bible-believing Christian, you know, Hebrews 20, 10, 25 tells us that we should gather together and we shouldn't neglect doing that. Um, so I feel personally that not only is it my constitutional right to do that, but I also feel that I have a religious obligation to do that as well. Okay, Maura says it feels like a haircut is more important than receiving Holy Communion. Um, We need to go back to our uh, masses. Okay, just once again, Catherine, your petition that's up online, where can people find it? You can find it on change.org and the name of the petition is Removal of Prohibition of Religious Services. Okay. All right, Catherine, thank you for that. And uh, thanks uh, for joining us, 1850-333-103. Margaret McCroom says, I get people are concerned about not being able to attend Mass on Sunday, but people should be more concerned about doing work and helping your neighbour and so on, rather than just going to church. Margaret says, there's Mass on TV on one of the Sky channels and it's wonderful. It comes from a different church around Ireland every day. Margaret said, I absolutely love it. We need Mass and we need prayer, but we can pray at home. The only drawback is you're not able to get Holy Communion. Marion Blarney says, thanks for highlighting the issue of not being able to attend Mass. Many of us would love to be able to would love to be able to talk about it, but we don't feel strong enough to be able to talk on air and raise the issue. Oh, Mary, feel free any time to come and join us on air. It's just like having a chat between ourselves. Hi, Patricia. Drive-in mass. Remember somebody suggested drive-in mass. Well, drive-in mass already exists for those who have access to the internet on their mobile phone or tablet. All one has to do is click on the link, whether it is in their own churchyard or wherever, uh, where, wherever you, you get mass online. Uh, all of 
the local parishes, for example, you can get Mass online. Clonakiltyparish.ie, live anytime from 10am. Attending Mass within a church is a totally different experience, so, and especially the blessing by, of actually receiving communion physically. Good on that woman, Becky, who raised the need on your programme, and then Catherine, who has set up the the um, online petition. God bless them both, says this texture. Hi, Patricia. I consider myself a good Catholic, but are those people crazy? The majority of those people who attend church, either daily or weekly, are in a very, very vulnerable group. But these are the people we need to protect. God will understand if you can't go to Mass every Sunday. And Meg says, you can have a house party, but you can't go to uh, Mass. And he says, I totally agree with Catherine. I witnessed firsthand the effect those lockdowns have had upon people, both spiritually and mentally, and it is very concerning. All the churches that I know of have been taking extreme measures to keep their congregations safe. And to my knowledge, there has been no clusters or cases associated with anybody going to Mass on a Sunday. It just doesn't make sense to shut them down. Church, in my opinion, is essential service for so many people. And that is from Anthony. 1850 103. John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls. Keep your comments coming. We're going to take a break though and have your pet questions answered by a Jane Pickett. If you have a pet question, get it in or text or WhatsApp. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And we're off to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group where our resident vet Jane Pickett joins me. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon. And, and you are welcome. Let's get straight into questions. Margaret was on to say her dog had the kennel cough jab in November of last year, but then he ended up getting kennel cough in September of this year. He, she's wondering, should the kennel cough jab be given more than once in a 12-month period? Oh, this is a really interesting one. Um, so kennel cough protects you from a number of different things, mainly uh, a little bacterium called Bordetella but a number of other things also. It's very much like the flu vaccine for humans. So it covers the most bases it can, so the most infectious agents that might cause kennel cough, so classically kind of a harsh, raspy, sudden-onset cough um, in dogs that might have had contact with other dogs with similar symptoms. Um, but sometimes, very much like the flu vaccine, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily cover every single thing that can cause a canine cough. Some of the things that it protects against, it's actually... It, its main role is to reduce the symptoms so sometimes the dogs can actually still get that particular cause of of viral or bacterial canine cough but if they've had the kennel cough jab essentially their symptoms will be much 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 less than they would have been had they not so it's still absolutely worth doing it also means that they'll shed the kennel cough less so they're less risk to let's say dogs that they might come into contact with However, if your dog does have kennel cough, it's really important that until their symptoms subside, um, that they, they don't have contact with other dogs. Now, always under the kind of direction of a vet for kennel cough treatment, it's always worth giving them a call if you think your dog has a really sudden onset, harsh hacking cough. Best to call in advance. Like, I would never turn up to a practice with a with a kennel cough dog because they, they are potentially infectious to, to other dogs. It's, it's obviously highly, it's highly contagious. It can be highly contagious, yes, yeah, depending okay. on exactly what the cause of the, of the kennel cough. Now, there's lots of other causes of cough, whether it be lung disease or heart problems, but certainly, certainly a sudden onset cough in a very social dog that might be, meet lots of other dogs is, is, 
kennel cough is top of my list. Now, it is therefore possible that they still can catch a kennel cough within the 12 months that will be covered by that booster because normally the kennel cough lasts for 12 months um, as an immunisation. But as I say, some of the things it protects against, its main role is not to protect completely because it might not be possible for that particular bacteria or virus, but to reduce the symptoms and to reduce the shedding. So it's still absolutely 100% a really great thing to do. Keep your dog as healthy as possible and particularly, let's say, in our in our dogs that might have any kind of, uh, very similar to humans, in any of our, let's say, at-risk population, older dogs, very social dogs. Um, they would be really high risk for getting canine cough. But uh, as a standard, it's something I normally recommend to most of my patients because a lot of the time, even if they're only meeting one or two dogs down the wood or in the park, you know, they're still classified as a social dog. They're still at risk. Um, so it's definitely a good thing to get done, but it does require an annual booster. Okay. And at the moment, actually, yeah. Oh, at, at the moment, actually, it's really interesting. A lot of people worry about giving kennel cough because classically it was a little, um, little bit of liquid that had to go up the nose and it was a bit uncomfortable maybe there was a bit of snorting and sniffling and, and let's say moving of the head around and dogs mightn't have wanted to get the kennel cough but in the last few years there's actually a great new product which we just put into the side of the mouth so it's entirely stress free Ah well done well done and I'm thinking the reason it's called kennel cough is because of the contagious nature of it is it you go into a kennel and it would spread across all yeah. the dogs Exactly and that's why people always think oh if he's not going into the kennels he doesn't need kennel cough he does. and I suppose once upon a time that might have been true when dogs might have been the social beings there now going everywhere with us but certainly if your dog meets any other dogs at all as in contact they should definitely have the kennel cough vaccination. Okay this is from Karen in Carrig Tuhill a cat who strayed into them she reckons it was about four years ago very fussy eater will only eat ch- chicken she's trying everything to get the cat on to dry nuts but it's not working would you have any suggestions please okay so there could be one of two things going on here so first and foremost is chicken is probably the tastiest thing we can give to a cat so (laughs) this little cat is living the life of riley and has very much landed on his feet so it may be that he's got a taste for it to a certain degree um, and we kind of turn his nose up at, at anything else be it cat nuts or otherwise because he knows the good stuff is on the way if he holds out long enough so part of it could be that, but I would just make sure that there's not anything underlying. So let's say chicken is nice and easy to chew, whereas cat nuts require a little bit of chomping to break down. So that would just make me in the back of my mind think, oh, is there maybe a little bit of dental pain? So there might be a little bit of a toothache. So I think if you're in any doubt, talk to your vet and just get them to do a general physical exam. They can even do that as part of their, let's say, annual vaccination physical exam. Um, and, and just let them know that there are maybe some concerns as regards the diet and what your cat will will eat willingly. But it may just be preference because we've, we've had the tastiest chicken on the planet. Or it may be that there might be something that's causing, let's say, a little bit of discomfort chewing, giving them that preference. But would you worry about the nutrition of the cat if it's just eating chicken? A little bit, long yeah. term. Yeah, I think it's not exactly a balanced diet. So in an ideal world, very much like our listener is trying to do, getting them onto a, a cat nut or a cat pouch would be the best thing to do because that is balanced. If we only ate kind of one food type for the rest of our lives, we might begin to suffer from, let's say, nutritional deficiencies, not enough protein, not enough fat, minerals, vitamins. And it's very much the same for our dogs and cats. So a good balanced commercial diet is usually the best. Okay, a Cork City uh, listener. My six-month-old male cat has gone missing for the last couple of hours. Can't find him anywhere. Will he come back? Mm. Okay, so the first thing I do is really 
time is of the essence. If he's normally a captive, let's say, in and out and, let's say, has access to the outdoors, it might just be that he found something particularly interesting to do outdoors and he might just wander back through your door this evening. That's a possibility. If he's a purely indoor cat that has somehow managed to escape, I'd be a little bit more concerned. The best thing to do really is to go around all the all the neighbours, socially distanced, of course, and just ask them to check their sheds, garages, outbuildings, um, just in case he's become trapped anywhere. Um, other things you can do are, uh, I suppose some of it's old wives' tales, but I think some of it might work, is if he does have a litter tray or any particular blankets or beds, popping those outside because sometimes the scent will be carried by the wind. So if he's got a little bit lost, sometimes that might help him find his find his normal location again. But just generally going out and walking around, calling him um, and making sure that you're there for the evening should he wish to pop back. But just let your neighbours know that he's, let's say, on the loose and, and on the missing list. Um, just and to check sheds. I, I remember I had a cat went missing for nearly three yeah. days and it ended up getting somehow getting locked into a neighbour's shed and wasn't spotted yeah. for, for nearly three days. So you need to at, at six months of it. It's a young cat. Would it be? Is it too early to be off on the tiles? Okay. All right. Okay. It's the first yeah. thing I thought of that he's 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 found the ladies. <laughs> okay. Um. Get, and if and if you haven't him neutered, uh, get him neutered as soon as he gets back. Yes, Martin into Hollow, uh, Labrador. Ear is bleeding for no reason. Now the dog has been scratching at his ear a lot. Uh, he's an eight-year-old neutered dog. What would be causing the? Because I'm assuming the scratching is causing the bleeding. Is it? Oh, Could it be? Yeah. Okay. My my heart goes out to this little dog. Um. I'd take him to the vet. In summary, it could be a number of things. There could be something stuck there. It could be a very nasty ear infection. It could be ear mites. If he's scratching him so much that he's bleeding, he definitely needs to go to the vet ASAP. So I wouldn't hesitate. It's like ourselves if we had an earache or a scratch or a wound. It's really sore. Sometimes it can be that whatever is causing it can be causing the bleeding, but sometimes the pain can be just so intense that they, they self-inflict further trauma. So I think get to the vet ASAP is what I'd say. Okay, and a wildlife question. Marie in Cove has a hedgehog. She feeds him in the shed every night. Now he's using the shed as a toilet. If she feeds him outside, she finds the food goes soggy in the rain. That's why she'd been putting the food into the shed. The wee is smelling very strongly, by all accounts. Is there any way to discourage him from urinating inside in the shed? Oh, not really, unfortunately. They don't have a great deal of kind of control or, or knowledge of where they should and shouldn't go. Um, well done for feeding them. And a particularly hedgehog population in this country is not great at the moment because, you know, I suppose, and particularly coming into the winter, um, if they haven't gained a lot of weight, they can really begin to struggle. One thing I'd suggest is maybe, quite rightly, you've tried feeding him outside, but I understand the food gets soggy. If you could find some little kind of sheltered area or build him like a little mini hedgehog house. If you have a look online as well, I remember one of my friends had hedgehogs in their garden and they managed to get a little purpose-made hedgehog house. So if you can train him to eat in there, he might, let's say, have the food sheltered so it doesn't get soggy, but he might be able to do his business outdoors where it's less less bothersome. But um, even just a covered sheltered area with the food in, if it was outdoors, that might be a, a good solution. Yeah, because he's going to where the food is and that's the exactly. that's the problem. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. He's, he's kind of tempted to use that as a safe place, which quite rightly it is. He's getting the snacks, which is probably keeping him going. Um, but he probably doesn't realise how, how rude it is of him to, to wee in that area. And what do you feed a hedgehog if you've got one in the garden? Oh, goodness. They, they eat all kinds of things. Insects, 
all that kind of jazz. I suppose classically what a lot of people tend to feed them is cat food. Now, I can't attest to how good or bad that is for them, really. My hedgehog knowledge is a little bit limited, okay. I must admit, but I can try and find you the answer for next Yeah, week please do, please do, because particularly if there's a problem with the hedgehog population, see if we can do our bit, uh, because they're fantastic yeah. if you have hedgehogs in your garden. Fantastic for keeping the slug population down and you don't have to put yeah. on those awful slug pellets that can go on and kill birds and something we can do exactly. for the wildlife. Okay, and Chris yeah. in uh, Newmarket, could you ask Jane, please, if the own brand, the supermarket own brand pouches are as healthy for cats as say the other ones the branded ones that are more expensive generally no and this is a broad sweeping statement with cat and dog food I hate to say it you generally get what you pay for Um, very much let's say the more expensive foods, particularly the ones that might come from kind of pet or, or vet retailers, like I know in our own practices, I won't stock anything that hasn't been at what's called AFCO tested, which means that it's, it's kind of safe to build a healthy skeleton and, and safe for kind of leading a normal life in dogs and cats. Generally, most of the supermarket foods that I'd be aware of haven't gone through that kind of rigorous testing. So it's a little bit more hit and miss and there generally may not be as stringent um, with testing see if what's on the back of the pack is what's actually in the bag. So I think if you're in any doubt, have a chat with your local vet because they'll be able to point you in the right direction or if you know the particular brand that you're using, they might be able to have a look at the back of the pack and try and guide you as best they can. Okay, all right. Yeah, you get what you pay for, I suppose. All right, mm-hmm. uh, Jane, listen, we leave it there. Thank you for that. Have a lovely week and we'll chat again next week. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us, Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket. Have I a couple of minutes? I do. A quick couple of minutes just to get to some of your texts that have come into the uh, programme. Hi, Patricia. I heard most of the points made on your programme today about allowing people to attend mass and church services. I'd like to say this to them, please. You can keep the church 100% clean every day, but the virus doesn't have a brain and doesn't think like humans. It is the congregating outside of the church that really is the problem. People having a quick chat close to each other, maybe because of hearing impairments, they need to get a little bit closer and people queuing up to buy the newspaper from someone's car boot or a stand. Faith in God is not enough. Services are available online and on TV and should be you should be happy with that, even if it's just for another year. And that's from Denise, who's understanding why we've been asked not to go into uh, churches. And John says, the only thing I say about mass is that we're all inclined to stop and have the chat outside. And the masks then are being removed. So John can understand why they have gone down this route. Angela says, I agree. Churches have lots of spaces enough for elderly people. They should be allowing mass to go ahead. Teresa says, you're only... You only want mass to go ahead so the Catholic Church can get richer. Marion Skibbereen said the priest told me we don't need to go to mass. We can watch it online. We've been told to stay away from gatherings for the next three weeks. I'm sure our Lord won't come down hard on us. People need to abide by the rules and the regulations. And Mary says I can't understand why a child can't be christened but yet they will allow 25 people to attend a wedding. We see all of the religious services are gone 
gone, all the First Holy Communion Masses are gone, all the Confirmation Masses are uh, gone, along with christenings as well, any christening that had been booked. And I know that that is causing upset for a lot of people. Uh, Mick says the country's in the throes of an unprecedented pandemic which is killing people and is gaining strength. We are in level three and we're looking down the barrel of moving into level four or five. People need to cop themselves on. We need to protect the older and the vulnerable generation who are in the main church goers. We can't wait for life to return to normal somewhere in the future but in the interim we can pray at home. God is everywhere at all times for all religions let nobody forget about that you don't need to be inside in a church and that's Mick to RC103 Facebook page okay that's where I leave you for today my thanks to Sadie and to John Paul for taking your calls and thank you we've had a very very busy programme today we appreciate everybody's contributions Mark Malone is in for Nick Richards for the afternoon we'll be back with you tomorrow morning for the final one of the week at 10 until then Patricia Messenger very good afternoon Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.